Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, my very special guest is Jacob Teitelbaum. Uh, thank you so much, Jacob, for coming and joining me. Uh, Wayne, a pleasure to be with you. And let's get everybody the information they need so they know how to get pain-free because pain truly is optional. Yes. So just for a bit of background, uh, Jacob is an author. He's uh, written many books, some of which are called From Fatigue to Fantastic, uh, Pain-Free 1, 2, 3, uh, The Best Sugar Addiction Now series, Real Cause, Real Cure, The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, and also the popular free smartphone app Cures A to Z. He's also a lead author of four studies on the treatment of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, and also a study on autism. He's also very popular, well-known across the world, showing on the Good Morning America, the Dr. Oz Show, Oprah and Friends, CNN, and also Fox News Health. So it's a great privilege for you to be here with me today. And uh, let's just dive in and uh, let's get going with this. So first and foremost, you know, where did you grow up and uh, what led you into medicine? Well, I tend to be pretty empathic. And even as a young child, I could, I just wanted to help people overcome all the different kinds of pains, physical, emotional. I grew up in a family of concentration camp survivors. Most of my community had been in Auschwitz and the other camps. And it made for a pretty intense childhood. For me, it was being a doctor. That's what being a healer was, and that was the avenue that was available. Um, and I got to ex- experience being on the other side of the white coat um, in 1975 when I came down with fibromyalgia after a nasty viral syndrome while in medical school. And it's funny, the doctors, the professors are all well-meaning, but they had no idea. They knew I had a viral infection. The test was clear, but they couldn't identify it or why I wasn't getting better. Um, since I was paying my own way through medical school, it actually left me homeless, sleeping in parks. And it was from this experience that I learned what I needed to do to get myself well. And I've spent the last 40 years researching uh, this area. And Again, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, these are all very treatable. And we're going to teach people today how to get well. Okay, wonderful. So you went into internal medicine, and that was your speciality. And then you developed, obviously, a natural tendency for helping and treating pain because you've lived through it. So was your personal journey at like at the same time, like um, as you learn stuff in, in medicine with doing research, was it a, a personal journey like co- coexisting? 
<laughs> it was funny when when I was sleeping in parks. It was as if the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench. Uh, practitioners, MDs, DOs, chiropractors, naturopaths, herbalists, energy workers—all of these folks came by and we'd sit and we'd chat and they'd teach me bits and pieces of what I needed to learn to recover. And sometimes if they had a pizza with them or something, I ate. So uh, that I learned more sitting on that park bench of a much wider array than I did even in medical school. Once I got back to medical school and recovered and uh, was able to really excel, we didn't even have a name for fibromyalgia back then or chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and as the pieces of the puzzle came together, because I, I'm very much a science geek, I will go through not uncommonly dozens of studies a day, tear them apart to see what they really show beyond who's sponsoring the study. And I was shocked when I realized that much of what I was being taught in medical school wasn't science. It was pharmaceutical slick advertising masquerading as science. And what the research had to offer was so much more than what I was being taught. So what I learned in medical school is very helpful, but simply reading the scientific literature has opened a broad new world. And having the pleasure to, to meet and speak with Dr. Janet Travell and with other people who had been training with her opened up a whole new area for me. Okay, well, let's maybe just start there. So we're talking about the biophysics of how to heal the body. And Dr. Travell is the, the leading um, doctor in the world who who taught us about trigger points a long time ago. So would you like to just share some information about trigger point release? Let me give the key thing. And by way of a little bit of background, it's important to realize there are four domains that need to be addressed for pain. Uh, we'll talk about biophysics, biochemistry, structural, and mind-body. All four of those need to be addressed. Medicine does so very poorly. When you look at the biophysics, when you look at an energy that's shortened, if muscles don't have enough energy, they're like a spring. They get locked in a shortened position. It takes more energy to stretch the muscle than to contract it. Just like a spring naturally goes shut. So when you don't have enough energy in the muscles, you're going to find they get locked in a shortened position. They hurt. If you have it just locally because of repetitive stress injury or poor ergonomics, so one local area is getting muscle energy drained, then it's a local pain. When you have a widespread energy crisis, then you basically have widespread pain, as in fibromyalgia. So to release the muscles means to restore and enhance energy production within the muscle. When you do that, it releases. So the tight belly of the muscle, when it contracts, that's a tender knot called a trigger point. And if you put a needle in, especially if you turn it, but if you're just putting the needle in, creates a current. And that current is a form of energy and it will release the muscles. And it's interesting, if you map out trigger points and acupuncture points, 70% of them are in overlap. So there's more going on to the biophysics. So it's, it's funny, I remember in medical school, they used to call me the ghost, because if you walk in the medical library at two, four in the morning, I'd be there cruising through the stacks, pulling things off and reading. And what I would do is I would take a journal from 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, and today, that was my routine and just get perspective of over time, what had been going on. And the, there, in a hundred years when I, before I was in medical school, there was all this research being done by the people who my textbooks were named after. I mean, the major neurologists and others in the field, like Guyton and the rest. And they were looking at biophysics in a disease that was then called hysterical paralysis, which is now known as multiple sclerosis. 
And there was all this research going out on biophysics and the rest. And then suddenly I could see where it all stopped. And these authors all stopped publishing in the area. And it was as if, and I suspect this is just what happened, that the pharmaceutical industry was on the rise and basically told them, if you don't stop looking at that nonsense, your funding is gone. Because you could see it just all shifted to biochemistry, which is, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, which is where the money is. So in the Eastern cultures, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, the rest, the main focus is biophysics because medications are too expensive. Biophysics is cheap. Acupuncture, chakra, other system work. Where in the West, you know, it was money, money, money. And biochemistry reigned and anything else except for surgery got suppressed. So here we are now in the next part of the cycle, reclaiming the bigger picture. You know, doctors are taught about, you know, medications or surgery, and there's so much more. And when you use that whole toolkit, almost all pain can be effectively treated. Okay, so trigger point releases, the, the microcurrents produced, giving the, the muscles more energy, relax the muscle, mm-hmm. and, and then the patients can, can mobilize easier, they can exercise so in a very mechanical way, that's one way of releasing the body. Okay, so let's move on to the second area of biochemistry you've mentioned. Um, so there's nutrition, medications, there's herbal, herbal treatments. So what, what do you suggest for like the nutrition approach for healing pain? Our research is focused, and let me give one other key concept, Wayne, is that pain is not an outside invader. It's not like an infection. Pain is part of our body's normal healthy monitoring system saying that something needs attention. It's like the oil light on our car's dashboard. So say the oil light goes off, you take it to the car doctor, and uh, you say this light's annoying. And first thing the doctor does is put a Band-Aid over it, which is like giving ibuprofen or NSAIDs. It's not surprising then that we see 30 to 50,000 U.S. deaths a year from those medications. Don't hear about it in the news media, in part because who's their biggest advertiser? Ibuprofen is one of them. As a magazine editor once said to the reporters, if you write anything that loses us an advertising account, you're fired. We don't hear about that. But the so next thing we do is we try to cut out the oil light. Well, how about if you just put oil on the car? Give the car what it says it's needing. You put oil on the car, the oil light goes away. Our research has shown if you give the body what it needs, perfectly happy and the pain goes away. So that's the key thing here. So If you're looking at the pain coming from low energy, which is the main thing for muscle pain, our research showed that the SHINE protocol, optimizing sleep, hormones, infections, nutrition, exercise is able, optimizes energy production, and the pain gets much less and often goes away. In fact, the majority of people in our study no longer qualified as having fibromyalgia by the end of the study. And the p-value was less than 0.0001 versus placebo, a dramatic effect when you do this. So looking at N for nutrition, the simplest things, I like a vitamin powder because I don't like people taking handfuls of pills. With a powder, I can get 50 pills worth of nutrients in one drink. Um, There's one called the Energy Revitalization System Vitamin Powder. Makes it very easy for people. Other energy nutrients such as ribose uh, and our Two of our studies, ribose increased energy production an average of 61%, which is remarkable. We actually have a shine ribose, but there's all kinds of ribose out there. And just use the powder. Because why take 30 pills? You just take a scoop and you get five grams and just add it to water or your coffee or tea. Coenzyme Q10, acetyl L-carnitine, magnesium and B vitamins are already in the vitamin powder, but those two are critical. And you do that 
And even those simple things, I remember I used to live on the Chesapeake Bay in Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, now I live in Hawaii, so uh, life's getting better and better. But I remember I was walking along the, the city dock one day, and I see this guy eyeing me from across the street, and I'm kind of looking at him, and he's eyeing me. And suddenly, he tears across the street through traffic, runs over to me, puts me in a big hair bear hug, and lifts me off the ground. And I say who are you? And we haven't even had a first date yet. Put me down, you know? And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, he said, you're Dr. Teitelbaum, aren't you? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I had this chronic back pain for decades. Nobody could do anything about it. I took the energy revitalization system vitamin powder and back pain went away. So the high dose B vitamins, magnesium, these are critical for energy production of the muscles. And sometimes it's that simple. So the nutritional things, and you want to keep sugar in the diet low. It doesn't mean you... And I have my sweet tooth and I'm a chocoholic, you know, but you want to, you don't want to do sodas and juices that have three quarter teaspoons of sugar per ounce. So nutrition, pretty basic. If you have widespread things like fibromyalgia, low blood pressure, the good chance you have orthostatic intolerance. I mean, you stand up, the blood rushes to your legs and you get brain fogged and tired. Uh, in that case, increasing salt intake is a very good idea and water. If you, as they say, drink like a fish, pee like a racehorse. It suggests that you're having a deficiency of the hormone called ADH or vasopressin that holds on to water. And that's very common in these processes. Okay, wow. So lots of um, excellent resources in the books that you've written outlays this, outlays this in a lot of detail. And we'll have links to that at the end there. Okay, what about herbal treatments for, for chronic pain? The herbals can be very helpful, but it's part of the biochemistry, medications, herbals, nutrients. Um, the, my favorite herbal, and if I had, was on a desert island and could only take one herbal with me for pain, it would be called, it's a mix called curamin, C-U-R-A-M-I-N. This is a mix of a highly absorbed curcumin. Most are not. You have to take what you get in one of a highly absorbed curcumin would take seven pills of pure curcumin and 350 pills of turmeric. So this is a case where I have my people take specifically this one. So the curamin is a mix of Nihalizor curcumin, uh, Boswellia, DLPA, and Atokinase, all four of those together. And it was funny, when I first tried it with folks, I figured there'd be some synergy. But I had people who morphine wasn't helping their pain, that the pain went away uh, after six weeks on the curamin. So that's my favorite. Uh, there's another herbal mix called End. Pain, which is a mix of willow bark, boswellia, and cherry, which is excellent. Uh, the two are synergistic. I will use topical comfrey. Uh, comfrey has healthy and unhealthy components. So a form called trauma plant only has the healthy components. Don't take it by mouth. Just take the topical cream. And then the list goes on from there. But those are my three favorites. Excellent. Excellent. And then medications. So which medications are you prescribing for chronic pain? There's over 30. I mean, you know, it depends on the type of pain. Yeah. And the, I will use the NSAIDs, which is like ibuprofen, but not very often because in head-on studies, the curamin was actually studied in, on two studies of arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, Dr. Blind's studies against Celebrex, and more effective. And instead of side effects, you get side benefits. <laughs> so um, going back to Shine, it's not just a matter of using medications and herbals to treat the pain. I'm going to address sleep because if you don't sleep, the pain doesn't go away. It's that simple. And people often have poor sleep with their chronic pain. So for sleep, you need to look at initiating sleep and maintaining sleep. Some people have trouble falling asleep. Some have trouble staying asleep. 
many have both. So to fall asleep, the medications uh, Ambien, which is Zolpidem, uh, and its cousins are the most effective. Uh, there is, at lower doses, we don't see much addiction, but doses over 12 and a half milligrams a day, we will. But the main problem is when you stop it, you get rebound insomnia from hell. So you don't stop it suddenly, you gradually wean. Trazodone, 25 to 50 milligrams. Cyclobenzaprine, two and a half to five milligrams. Tizanidine and Xanaflex, uh, two to four milligrams at bedtime. And the Xanaflex and the Trazodone can also be taken, I'm not the Trazodone, the, cyclo, the Flexeril and the Xanaflex can also be taken through the day for pain. And as long as you use low dosing, uh, two and a half milligrams is the optimal dose for the Flexeril cyclobenzaprine. And then the Xanaflex, two to four milligrams. The side effects are usually minimal, you know, for most people. If it, if they're high, you start with a lower dose and don't use it. But in my books and even in the phone app, Cures A to Z, we talk about literally dozens and dozens of both prescriptions and the natural options. But again, you know, if you treat sleep, that's one of the most effective pain medications you can be given. And people do better with a low dose. There's herbal mixes. My favorite's called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. Uh, there's terrific Z's. Uh, for melatonin, I find a sustained-release melatonin you can get on Amazon called Dual Spectrum by Nature's Bounty because it has an immediate and sustained release. works much better than most melatonins. Um, so, and even a hot Epsom salt bath at bedtime, two cups of Epsom salts and a tub of hot water in your soak. doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, I don't think there's anything I've mentioned yet that's expensive. It's all cheap, which is why I'm guessing that most doctors have never heard about these, or at least not much. They hear about the newer, more expensive medications because, as the old bank robber said, that's where the money is. <laughs> when, he, when asked why he robs banks, you know. So, yeah. Okay, so you, you've covered some of the medications and um, the. Let's just move on. You mentioned the four areas of healing. And the third one was structural. So manipulation, you know, where does manipulation come in your mind for treating chronic pain? Well, you're going to see uh, a couple of key areas. One is the muscle shortening is the most common cause and common missed cause of chronic pain in North America. So what you'll see is that if you release the muscle, the pain goes away. Now, we've talked about using dry needling to put energy in. But you can also use what's called ischemic compression. Push, you know, maybe um, a good amount of pressure on the belly of the muscle for 45 seconds until it hurts so much that the person wants to punch you. But that also is a form of energy. That's piezoelectric energy, where you're putting energy into the muscle. But more importantly also, I, I just don't think it's able to hold the tightness in response to that. So the muscle releases. So whether you're doing chiropractic or osteopathic manipulation, uh, whether you're doing myofascial release, I could give you hundreds of names of different kinds of things that all basically say you release the muscle. Uh, the muscle, the pain will go away. The problem is if you don't treat the root cause, the low energy, the ergonomic thing with your hip heights being uneven or whatever, muscle's gonna go right back to shortened positions so you feel better for a couple hours or days and you haven't gotten the root cause. Um, but there's two other key areas as well. Uh, actually, uh, another friend of mine uh, who does a, who's a Scotsman, as, uh, he visits in Hawaii a fair bit, and he does a process that you might want to look into called kinetic chain release. And just do a search online. He's a physical therapist who has developed 
because once the muscles get stuck in the shortened position, the joints also lose their range of motion. And until you, you do a passive stretch to get that range of motion back, it causes pain and, and dysfunction. Uh, so he does a simple thing, takes about 10, 15 minutes. We can go through each of the key joint areas and release those joints. And that's the beginning thing. So you've now set the body up where you've released the old tightening in the joints themselves, around the joints. But the next thing, which is I think the a massive area that's coming over the horizon now, is fascia release. We most, as a physician, we never really even talked about fascia. There was some dead tissue that who knows what, and ignore it. Nothing, virtually. Then over the years, it's seen more like a fibrous band of tissue that kind of holds the muscles into their alignment. You can use things like raw finger things where you stretch those fascia, you know, uh, to help reset and rebalance so the, the same, you know, length on each side. But what's coming out now is that these fascia are not dead fibrous tissue. This is a very active, dynamic system of the body. And we've heard about the fight or flight reaction. You know, so you get another a bear is chasing you, you either run or you fight if you're cornered or climb, you know, but there's fight or flight, but there's also freeze. What happens when you can't run and you can't hide? Say you're in an accident and you look in your rear view mirror and you see this truck getting ready to plow into you. Can't run, can't hide. The third thing is freeze. And the fascia tightens everything up as a, almost like a suit of armor to protect you in the face of the impact or injury or whatever it happens to be that whether you're getting abused physically or sexually, whatever you can't run from and fight. So there's freeze. Now, <clears throat> this is a very healthy system and most animals know how to release the freezing. You know, I want to unfreeze. And the standard way of doing that is the body goes through this trembling kind of a thing and shakes it off. It's kind of like a football player, you know, a rugby player gets slammed by 800 pounds of people on the other side. And what does a coach come when the guy spread out, you know, on the ground, he says, shake it off. And that's where that comes from. Because that releases, that's a signal to release the fascia. Animals will do that naturally after stress. Anybody who's a zookeeper or you know, game tender, we'll, we'll see that and know that. Humans feel silly doing it, so we suppress it. And because of that, we hold on to layer after layer after layer of trauma, some building up for lifetimes. So there's a wonderful book called Waking the Tiger uh, by Dr. Levine. Cheap, simple technique. Do it on your own. It costs you 10 bucks, I think, or something for the book. And it's easy to do. When you feel your body feeling like going through this trembling thing, let it happen. And you'll feel it's almost like this Novocaine tightness, numbness has lifted from you. And each one, there'll be another wave that comes off. And when you're around people you don't know, then, then suppress it for them. You don't want to look like an idiot. But if you're just with your spouse, you know, explain to them what it is, or by yourself, let it happen. This is a natural process and can help the fascia release so the muscles can release and you can begin the healing process. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 I tease Wayne that, you know, it's, I, you know, I, I tease that my, my kids used to say their bedtime prayers and say, God bless mommy and daddy, and it made daddies just one day give a yes or no answer. Uh, I earned my nickname Rambling Jack in college, honestly, so please forgive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate this insight from your perspective because that's something that I've come to be aware of myself the last couple of years. And with my trigger point injection technique, literally feeling the fascia with the penetration not just of the, the normal size or small size gauge needles, but increasingly size needles showing better outcomes in my audit results. And, you know, I completely um, connect with what you're saying. 
And it's interesting that my dog trainer taught me about the stress response in dogs about 10 years ago. And uh, <laughs> here we are today talking about it on the podcast. So fantastic. Okay, let's move on to the, the fourth section, the mind-body work. Um, so feelings, you know, we're not a machine. We are human beings with emotions, with thoughts, with a physical form and a spirit and a soul. And it all interconnects. This is what I teach my patients every day. So let's, let's talk now about, you know, how does that actually work out in the chronic pain state? Well, in my experience of over 40 years as a physician, I found that the body very often is a metaphor for what's going on in the psyche and the spirit. And, you know, if people feel unsupported, they may have back pain. You know, if, uh, multiple sclerosis tends to be people with repressed age, which is why they're so sweet. Ovarian cancer, helpless, hopeless personality. And there's a reason why some people are called a pain in the, well, let's just say back, if not lower. And the, if we have feelings and we don't express them, they will often get buried in the muscles. And that's why when you get a massage, it's not uncommon uh, for people to have old feelings bubble to surface. It's called muscle memory. Part of the healing process, you know, when I get people, I treat people from all over the world with fibromyalgia. And we'll often do it by phone because they're too old to travel. But once I've treated the physical components of the illness, the same thing with cancer. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, our research proves very clearly that fibromyalgia is a very real disease by some idiot doctor saying, I'm too lazy to look at the research. I'm going to say, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're crazy. Ignore them. They're idiots. Don't waste your time with them. But, or and, once you've cleared the biochemistry, if you don't clear the underlying psychodynamic, which is what your body was trying to achieve through the illness, you know, I see people, before I learned how to, to do this also, they'd be all better. The fibromyalgia had gone, you're a genius doctor, and they get hit by a truck. Always the other person's fault, or the driver's fault. But it's just, you've got to treat the whole thing. If you think of fibromyalgia as being an energy crisis, using one model of pain, well, you know, what's the psychodynamic that we see? You know, we talk about multiple sclerosis being repressed rage. In fibromyalgia, it's being unable to say no. We tend to be overachieving people-pleasers who try to be all things to all people and take care of everybody by, but ourselves. And we're afraid to say no to avoid losing approval. And that's the psychodynamic. It's not everybody's. But many of the viewers will, who have fibromyalgia will go, yep, <laughs> yeah, that's me. So the, what do you do? Number one, you ignore your brain, which is just going to feed back to you what you've been taught you should do to get approval. What the church and synagogue and media and schools and newspaper, everybody's been telling you you should do to make them happy and see how things feel. If something feels bad, say no. That's straightforward. So, you know, if you're walking down the street and, you know, Mrs. Smith, who's the chairwoman of the Committee of a Thousand Ways to Waste Everybody's Time, is walking down the street the other way and you notice everybody is ducking into the alleyways except the person with five miles if they're like a deer in the headlight. And, the, you know, the Mr. Smith comes up and says, oh, we need you to share the subcommittee on a ways that will make you want to tear your eyeballs out and, you know, run screaming. And we need, let me give the energy vampire MO. You know, we need you, if not for you, I don't know who could do it, hook. You know, I don't know how I do it without you, hook. And then she barf up all this emotional stuff on you and say, we need you to do this. And then... You know, where everybody else says no, and you got to scream, no, run. What does a person with fibromyalgia's mouth say? Okay. So that's an energy, that's your recipe for an energy crisis. Doctor's orders. When people are telling, asking you to do things that don't feel good, if you're not going to get arrested or be homeless for not doing it, say no. 
And if they say, but I mean, I need you, and they go all their like emotional stuff, the doctor said, I need to say no. Are you telling me not to follow my doctor's advice? And then they'll usually go, oh, and they'll find somebody else to suck dry. So, you know, if I had to give the one simple thing for the mind-body component, it's see how things feel. If they feel good, they're authentic to you, go with them. If they don't feel good, just shift your attention from them. Say no, don't fight them. Just shift your attention from them. Move on to something else. That's, that's the brief version. <laughs> Yes, I know the uh, the research done at the HeartMath Institute in Northern California, you know, identify, you know, heart-based meditation techniques where they've studied it in great detail and how, you know, the more that we can live in our happy place, the more that we can sort of be heart-centered in our, not just meditating, but in our, in the throughout our day, then there's a balancing that goes on with the brain and uh, like a 24-7 connection. And um, there's like a, almost a programming from the inside, from the soul of the person out to the brain. And then the brain can program the rest of the body. And, oh, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so just amazing research. There's a ton of research been done for decades, actually, to, to prove this, this inter-body, mind-body connection. And, and for thousands of years around the planet. Well, we're a little bit slow catching up, but uh, you know, it's good at, l- at long last. There's actually lots of evidence in addition to the, the millennia of practice and um, from all around the world, as you say. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, listen, thank you for you know, going through those four, four pillars of healing for chronic pain. Just a, a few other questions. Um, right now in your career, is there, what are the biggest, cha- biggest challenges that you're facing? Well, for me, it's not so much a challenge as much as the next fun thing. And looking at the, it's almost like a Rosetta Stone or a missing link between the immune system and the autonomic system. And these two, which we thought were two separate boxes, boxes we're finding are integrally related. So whether they're looking at small fiber neuropathy from the autonomic dysfunction, central sensitization behind it as a initiating process of it, or the orthostatic intolerance, uh, POTS, NMH, low blood pressure issues, uh, we're finding that most of the people we're seeing with the autonomic dysfunction, blood pressure, gut issues, also are having deficiencies in certain immune factors. So it's called IgG3 and then IgG1 secondarily. So there's so much more available now to treat. I want to mention one other thing, Wayne, for the biophysics. There's a technique called frequency-specific microcurrent developed by Carol McMacken, who's a chiropractor in Oregon, I believe. can be very, very helpful and, you know, if you're looking for a biophysics technique beyond the traditional chakra acupuncture kinds of things, very, very powerful and well worth looking into. So I think that's not to be left out. But the other thing I would look at is each kind of pain is like a different warning light on their car's dashboard. And each is asking for different things. So if you would like to, I'm happy to go through and let's take each of the most common kinds of pain, see what it's saying and what your body's asking for. Okay, well, let's do that. Let's start with back pain. Okay, back pain most often is going to be muscular. There'll be some arthritic component in some, but you know, uh, the research has shown that the x-rays bear virtually no anything with the back pain unless there is a very specific neurologic deficit at a site of a specific change in the disc uh, that is the area of the pain uh, because we are an upright species. Everybody has normal wear and tear on their spine. It's just normal. And they actually did a study looking at people with back pain. They took x-rays and MRIs of people with back pain and those without. 
And first thing showed the ones with back pain to the radiologist. And the radiologist said, oh my God, amazing, horrible, this disease, blah, 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 minefield, like, you know, all that stuff. And then being troublemakers, kind of like me, and I expect a little bit like you, because they're getting two. They took a bunch of x-rays of people with no pain, showed them to the radiologist, lied, said they had pain, and got the same responses. Oh, amazing, they can walk, it's horrible, you know, this disease. And then they basically put them all up on the screens in front of a group of radiologists that pick out the ones with pain and the ones without. They couldn't do it any better than chance. So people need to realize if they have back pain and a normal wear and tear, which may be being gratis horrible disc disease on their x-ray, the x-ray is meaningless. Most often it's going to be muscle pain. So you use the shine principles. First of all, you want to make sure the hip heights are even, not the leg lengths. That's a separate thing. But both sitting and standing, I have the person in front of me with the feet together. I put my hands on top of the crest on top of the hip, and I make sure they're even. If one of them is even, you know, a centimeter off, that's going to throw the whole back out of alignment and trigger a lot of back pain. So I find sometimes a simple $15 heel lift makes the pain go away. Simple structural things. Carry a wallet in your back pocket. Uh, you've created this incredible curvature of your spine that's going on. Put it in your front pocket instead. Instead of taking the money all out and giving it to the surgeon. Move it to your front pocket. Um, the curamin or the end pain, both of those, the end pain was twice as effective as NSAIDs in a head on study for back pain. Uh, the curamin, uh, very effective for back pain. We want to give these six weeks to work. They can be used together, they can be used with any pain medication. You know, and then if there is a refractory, persistent back pain, once you've treated the muscle components, and the x-ray shows an area of specific disc. Then when surgery is done for the right reasons, it tends to go very well with, and without post-surgery syndrome and all the other things. It's mostly when people have it done for the wrong reason, which is usually the case, that they seem to get problems after surgery. But in those cases, then the structural, which is surgery, uh, can be helpful. But that's the last resort after the other things are done. Okay, and what, what about neck pain? Well, neck pain is going to be very similar to the back pain. It's just a different part of the back. And the hip heights being off will throw the shoulders because if the one hip is higher, that shoulder will be lower and everything is now out of balance trying to walk and maintain that. So the same simple things we talked about. But for the neck pain, ergonomics is a major thing. If you're sitting at a computer like this with no support under your elbow or wrist, it is the same as walking around like this for hours a day. Do it for 45 minutes and see where you hurt. So make sure that your elbows and wrists are supported when you're at your workstation or computer. Major, major thing. And that your feet are resting flat on the floor. Mm-hmm. So simple structural ergonomics in that case. But also emotional. You know, if you find that you're having a lot of stress and you're internalizing it, and you're clenching your jaw. Uh, if you find you're tender, if you go an inch below the middle of the ear, and the muscles right along here. You can put a finger inside your mouth, thumb on the outside, go all the way back to where the cheek goes to getting thick. That's where the muscles are for the jaw joint. If you put them, squeeze them between your fingers and they hurt like hell and reproduce your pain, don't let anybody cut on you, but just go. Uh, there are topical creams, uh, prescription mixes that are wonderful. Compounding pharmacies can make them that you can put out over the jaw muscles uh, and a host and even just a bite guard at night. But addressing the jaw joint, can be an important area for neck pain as well. Yes, I find that very helpful. You know, these, these techniques um, around the TMJ and the, the master muscles in, in the mouth. Yeah, very, very helpful. What about migraines? Because that's, 
I find it's a, a huge crossover between migraine headache and say like tension headaches and neck pain, TMJ pain. It's you know there's an interconnectedness with this. So what what do you what's your advice for migraine? It, it is a spectrum. So you want to take a look uh, with the migraines. You can think of it as an energy crisis in the blood vessels and their ability to contract and relax. That's a gross oversimplification. But the here's the simple things you can do. And if you look at the Cures A to Z app, it's a free app. There's a two-buck upgrade for those who want. Um, vitamin B2, riboflavin, 400 milligrams a day has been shown to decrease migraine and frequency by 69% after six weeks. Um, magnesium, vitamin B12, all of these decrease migraine frequency. Uh, Pedodolex, uh, which is a, the form of butterbur I would use, also decreases migraine frequency. It can be used both for acute migraines and for prevention. But for prevention, addressing food allergies. The app will talk about the most common foods that trigger the migraines. So an elimination diet for just those food for four to six weeks can help. These simple things, in most cases, will give a dramatic relief for the migraine headache. Uh, for acute migraine, um, you want to go, the triptans are helpful, but the Excedrin migraine is just as effective as the triptans in head-on studies. But why don't doctors hear about that? Excedrin, 35 cents. Triptans, 50 bucks a pill. So which one do you have the drug reps coming and teaching you about? No Excedrin migraine reps, I'm betting, and no vitamin B2 rep. Um, and the conferences we go to, who's being paid to be up on, those, on the podium? Professors that are being on the payroll of the drug companies of what they're pushing. I'm sorry, not pushing, talking about. Well-meaning, but it, you know, just the sad truth of how doctors get education these days. So the most effective way to eliminate an acute migraine, short of decapitation, which I don't recommend, even though many of you probably feel like you'd like it at the time, um, intravenous magnesium, one gram over 15 minutes, has been shown in two double-blind studies to eliminate 85% of migraines within 45 minutes, and that migraine will not come back for that. Why don't most doctors know about that research? Because the magnesium costs five cents. And you'll find that if you're able to do infusions in your practice, one gram over 15 minutes, migraines will be gone 85% of the time. Now, we will see refractory migraines. Usually, those are severe food allergies that aren't being addressed, or more commonly, what you have is it's a fluctuation in the estrogen and progesterone level that's triggering it. You can tell that that's the case because it happens mostly around a person's, a woman's menses or ovulation. For you, for that, giving a estrogen pat through the month and the bioidentical progesterone, sotrametrium, or just, I, I don't use the creams for that because you get the highs and lows of the creams. I'll use a patch because you get the stable level. I'll change the patch a day or two early so you don't get that end of patch drop off. That will often help the migraines dramatically. So, these are the things that your body is saying that it needs in these settings. Address the food allergies, address the nutritional deficiencies, um, give the body what it needs for the blood vessels to stabilize. And migraines are not hard to treat in most cases. I have one woman that I'm still looking, you know, but most all of them, most of the time, we give the vitamin powder and the migraines go way down after six weeks because it has a magnesium B2 in it. Well, thank you for that. Very insightful. Some new information for me there. Wonderful. Uh, what about rotator cuff? traumas, injuries, well, well, again, Most often these are going to be repetitive stress injuries, uh, or it can be from how, again, the ergonomics of your computer, those kind of things. But you're looking at tendon inflammation. So you have the issues of the tendonitis uh, and other supportive tissues, including fascia. Uh, what I really like for that, of course, do the range of motions to keep them from freezing. But the pain creams, and again, if you have a good compounding pharmacy, 
Uh, you ask them for the pain cream for tendonitis. They'll know it's, it's like, you know, it's goddess grandmothers. They'll all have their own recipe for haggis. But there's, you know, it's, uh, but all of them will be good. So each of them will have their own recipe for the pain creams. There'll be a mix of about six, seven different medications. You find the tender areas that are basically the main areas involved. Um, oversimplification, I get it, but yeah, but basically. And you rub the cream over that three times a day. Give it six weeks to eight weeks to see the effect. Now, certainly the end pain and the curamin, very helpful to decrease the inflammation in general, because we've talked about low energy pain needing shine to optimize energy. There's inflammatory pain, and for that, the curamin, the end pain, uh, very, 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 very helpful. Uh, those are just outstanding in my practice. Um, and I'll, I'll use the NSAIDs with them if I need ibuprofen and the rest. So for inflammation, the other thing is fish oil, because a big reason we're having the increased inflammation now is excess sugar, excess white flour, and a cut in omega-3s in our diet. That's why we see so much more inflammation. Most omega-3s are, most fish oils are not have maybe 10, 20% omega-3s, there's not much in them. So you're taking seven big pills and then you're burping up rancid oil all day. Um, there's one called Vectomega. You take one pill, it replaces seven fish oil pills. That's what I take each morning myself. So the omega-3s, again, keep shave your sugar budget for the stuff you really love. Go for quality, not quantity. Cut out sodas, cut out fruit juices. Vegetable juices are okay. Fruits are okay too, just not. If you have 16 ounces of orange juice, that's 12 spoons of sugar. You'd have to eat eight oranges to get that. You want to sit and eat eight oranges, knock yourself out. You know, most people won't. Excellent. Now, is there, is there any other areas? Um, you know, we've covered several body areas. You've covered inflammation. Let's look at neuropathy, CRPS. Okay, let's just cover on those two, two three issues. Okay. So neuropathy pain, neuropathic pain. Yeah, so for neuropathic pain, uh, again, lipoic acid, 300 milligrams twice a day. Giving lipoic acid 600 to up to 750 milligrams, even two, three times a week in the beginning. Diabetic neuropathy is very helpful, other kinds of neuropathies. And then you can take it to once a month. I uh, just want to be watch, have some D50, some sugar for IV in case they drop their blood sugar. But that, along with lipoic acid, 300 milligrams, even 600 if their stomach tolerates it twice a day. Acetyl L-carnitine, one gram three times a day for two months or so, and then you can drop it down to one gram a day. Um, make the multivitamin powder, because you don't want too much B6, but up to 45 milligrams is optimal. You want the B12, you want the magnesium, you want a host of other nutrients that can be helpful. So the energy revitalization system, vitamin powder has all of that. And then for medications, you want things that are specific for neuropathy. You know, Advil and codeine don't work very well. I will note something as an aside, because right now the U.S. government has declared a war on people in pain and basically trying to, you know, figure that they're all junkies on codeine and the rest of the doctors that are giving it and make them feel like drug addicts every time they need the prescription. So let me make two simple statements. One, Chronic pain is more toxic than the narcotic when used properly. Number two, most pain can be relieved without narcotic, but those who need it, need it. So just to add maybe a little voice of balanced sanity to that whole political debate. But let's take a look also, small fiber neuropathy, intravenous camiglobulin. Treating the root causes that we've talked about are helpful, but in severe cases, you'll see that. But CRPS, uh, I still want to finish with that one. I still remember uh, when I was... uh, about your age and early in pain practice a little bit. I had this woman who came in, she had seen a rheumatologist, had a joint and knee aspiration, developed RSD back then, now CRPS of the leg. I had no idea, never, never been taught anything about CRPS. And despite being pretty good even at that point with pain, she said, I'm gonna have my leg amputated. I said, that's not gonna make the pain go away. 
and I couldn't help her. So she went back, came back, leg amputated, pain was still there. Um, we now have a lot that's very helpful for CRPS. CRPS has finally joined the ranks of other chronic pain conditions that can be effectively treated. So whether it's intravenous biphosphonates, uh, absolutely take low-dose naltrexone, three to four and a half milligrams at nighttime, um, intravenous ketamine, topical ketamines. Um, there's a whole host of things. And for those who would like, they can email me at fatigue doc. So it's F-A-T-I-T-U-E doc at gmail.com. If you have fibromyalgia, I'll send you information on that. If you have CRPS, ask for the CRPS information. I'll send it along. Well, th thank you so much, Dr. Teitelbaum. It's very, very informative. It's been a great hour of chat and uh, fun and learning lots of new stuff in addition to the, to build on the stuff that I do know. So, you know, thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge with the audience and uh, look forward to the transcript for the book as well. So, Thank you. You're very welcome. Keep up the great work. Be well. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.